smokes with me Yes, sir! You already know what time it is! It's the Bronx Bias Podcast Episode 91! Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 91 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Denzel, a.k.a. Harry Potter, a.k.a. Debron James, and we are back like Jordan, wearing the faux five. I want to start today by saying thank you. To everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all of the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there busting their ass battling this COVID still. And finally, thank you to all the people out here who are using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com B-R-O-N-X-B-I-A-S-P-O-D dot M-Y-S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com. Bronx Bias Pod dot MyShopify dot com. Come check it out. Come fuck with me on there. I've got hoodies. I've got t-shirts. I've got tote bags. I got COVID masks. And I've got stickers with much, much, much more to come. And as I've said a million times before, and I'll say it again, I'm an independent potter from the BXNY, and so supporting the merchandise is just one of the best ways that you guys can help keep the podcast going the way that it does. I don't have any sponsorships or any deals as of yet, so just all the love and support I can receive on the merch is very vital, very important to the lifeblood of the show, and I sincerely appreciate every single person who has gone on the site and purchased some merchandise from me. So if you're a fan of the show and you like listening, go on the site. Check it out. Hook yourself up with some fresh gear. Can hurt. Couldn't hurt. 
and it could definitely help me. So that's the website. And uh, if you haven't checked it out, be, be my guest. Check it out. It's great stuff on there. Good quality stuff. And it will be very, very helpful to the show. And with all of that being said, we are going to have a great, great, great show today. Fully, fully, fully packed. And I'm in an amazing mood. I am in a tremendous mood. And I am ready to go. So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing song by a collection of great artists. And it is called It Blows My Mind by the Neptunes and Snoop Dogg. Off of the album, the Neptunes present the clones. And I just was so inspired by last week's amazing Super Bowl halftime show. With Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, Eminem, and 50 Cent. I just had to make sure I put on some Snoop or somebody who performed, you know. Like, because that halftime show was epic, was amazing, extremely well done, well produced. Had Snoop Dogg on that host, Sea Walking. Dr. Dre was playing the keys live. Mary J. Blige was going crazy with her little dancers. 50 Cent. Took it way back to 03, performed in the club upside down like he did in the video. Kendrick Lamar was great. Eminem was great. It was just an all-around great performance. One of their best. Uh, one of the best Super Bowl performances, I should say. And I was just like, yo, I got to play something. You know what I mean? Something on the show this week because it was just crazy. Like I thought it was very well done. I thought it was extremely well done. And... My guest for today is definitely someone you could smoke with. <laughs> definitely somebody you could smoke with. So I just thought it was the perfect song to start the show with today. Shout out to Uncle Snoop. Shout out to Pharrell and Chad Hugo. That Those are the Neptunes. Great song. Great way to start the show today. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast. And it is called... Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York. So, Without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is the Woodlawn Cemetery located at 4199 Webster Avenue is perhaps the final resting place of more famous and noteworthy people than any other place in the world. Amongst the more notable names that rest there are the founder of Macy's, Roland H. Macy, James Cash Penny, the founder of J.C. Penny. Legendary Latin artist Celia Cruz, F.W. Woolworth of the Woolworth Department Stores, and jazz musicians such as Duke Ellington and Miles Davis. It is also an open-air art gallery, a living history museum, and an urban oasis that attracts a large number of visitors from all over the world. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 91. 
Damn, son, where'd you find this? All right, all right. We're getting right to it today. We have a very, 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 very special guest. It's only special guests that appear here on the Bronx Bias Podcast. Today, we have special guest Daniel Rivera, who is a cannabis advocate, the advocacy director for Bronx Normal, and the founder of Blue Hope Media. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show today, taking some time to talk to me. How are you? Denzel, thank you for having me on the podcast, Bronx Bias Podcast, and thank you for well, the nice introduction. I feel honored to be a part of this uh, Look forward to answering all your questions and all the questions, as many questions as we can for our fellow Bronxites who are looking for entry in the can legal cannabis game and also as for any, any other entry points. Thank you. No problem. No problem. We got to have you here. You got a lot of good information. So uh, where are some of the places that the people can reach you uh, if they want to get in contact with you or see even more what Normal does and how, uh, how your work is impacting the community? Okay, well, you can find me on Instagram, uh, predominantly Instagram, uh, also Twitter and Facebook at Daniel Rivera TV. That's all the same one. Uh, you can also, uh, since I am the founder of Blue Hope Media, our social media page is Blue Hope Media, uh, all throughout the board for your Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. As far as uh, normal is concerned, New York City Normal, you could follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NYC Normal. Uh, Bronx Normal is the same for Instagram and just Twitter, uh, Bronx Normal. And you can also get our access uh, point uh, through our links and go to our link tree. Get any of the information that you can get via the cannabis in for the cannabis industry and anything from the Bronx that intertwines community board stuff, you name it. So you can get it through there or you can get it through my link tree as well. All right. All right. Great. Great. Got to make sure we tell the people that so they're not coming to me saying, well, you had this guy Daniel on the show. I can't find him. So we got to make sure that we let you put your information out, because the more people who find out about you, the more people who get involved. That's definite. Information is is key. That's right. That's right. So my first question for you, Daniel, is. What exactly is Bronx Normal and what inspired you to become a part of this organization? Um, actually, let's start from the top because um, we'll start with the, the, the top, and the, which is the acronym at the end. Normal stands for National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, which was started in 1970 by Keith Stroop. His first uh, donation, I mean, his first benefactor, initial benefactor was the late, great Hugh Hefner who got him his first $5,000 loan wow. or grant, I believe. <laughs> but that's where the normal comes in. As for overall with New York and New York State, there's New York normal, uh, which I do correspond to, which is on the state level. And also I correspond with New York City normal, which is where I'm an actual member. Um, as far as Bronx normal, Bronx normal is an actual subchapter anchor of New York City normal. Uh, when we're work off of their 504, their um, non-for-profit um, lobby. So that's where we work off. What inspired me to get involved was basically years of being a consumer, years of being an underground advocate, if you will, uh, since 1996. Um, so I've actually been an advocate since then. And I just said, you know what? This is kind of silly 
to be a little bit too much into the shadows after all these years, just like a lot of people who have it worse. And why don't I just roll up my sleeves and join? And I actually attended one of the first normal formals. Um, and that's how I got initiated, basically, and, and, and went on this journey with normal and establishing Bronx normal. As, so that way we can make sure that those who are underserved, especially getting in, uh, into the legal cannabis uh, industry, you know, getting entry, we're there for them, especially those over the grassroots level. You know, that's what we want. The re- we want to be the primary catalyst or one of the primary catalysts in making sure that the legacy market transfers over and transitions over as smoothly and as um, readily as possible. Right. All right. I hear that. I hear that. And so good that what what you started to touch on calling yourself an underground advocate leads me right into my first question for you. So, Daniel, why is it important for us to debunk the stereotypes and misconceptions about cannabis and its medicinal or recreational use? You know, a lot of us, especially I, I speak in the Bronx before the laws changed, had to use it in secret, even though we understood all the healing properties that it did have. So as an advocate now, why is it important for the general public to understand all of the medicinal uh, properties that cannabis use can bring to you? Wow, it's definitely important for the general public to understand and gain this knowledge so that they're not lost. And even if you're not a person who physically consumes, so so you can have a better understanding of being around those who do, you know, and vice versa. There's a lot of things that go along with understanding. And that's what's important, important with that. Mm. So uh, what are some of the things that people are super surprised to hear about uh, the long term medicinal properties in cannabis or its uses? Like what are the things that when you tell to people who are unaware, um, what are the things that they are really surprised to hear about the healing properties of cannabis? We're talking about non-users, right? Right. Non-users. Okay. Um, obviously, you know, non-users are a lot, a lot of times have, you know, stereotypical myths of, you know, the stoner, oh my God, you're going to get your Oreos and all this <laughs> other stuff. But when, when, when they find out that, you know, just general pain management, that it's there for general pain management, especially when, oh, do I have to smoke this? Do I be loopy? No, there's CBD, there's topicals with and without THC, you know, and there's microdosing. So as much as they learn and they evolve that, okay, there's things that are smokeless involved that can help me that I don't necessarily have to ingest or inhale, they get blown away with that. That's what I've noticed. It's like, oh my God, it's almost like this, excuse my language, this this oh shit factor, you know, like, oh shit, I can do this. I don't have to smoke it. I don't have to, and I keep telling them, yes, you don't, you don't necessarily have to. Now, you know, combustible, you know, you know, you know, combustible, you know, um, with flour and with uh, vapes and stuff like that. That's normally the most ready, ready, ready to consume for a lot of people. It's the most cost effective. Um, that's the thing why, why they get so surprised that there's other options that are, you know, may or may not be cost effective, but they're there. The fact that a tincture is there, the fact that it, you don't have to eat it or anything like that. There's a lot of like with the innovation that people get surprised. That's what I see a lot. Which is good, which is good, which is a great, you know, uh, it's always good when you can teach someone something in your in, in along with your advocacy work. And I'm sure that the people that you've encountered 
are better for learning that information that you've given to them. And that's why one of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you on the show, because, you know, this is a product that a lot of people who I know, I can only speak for myself, people who I know in the Bronx use, whether it's for recreational use or for medicinal use. But the large public, when you just say the word marijuana, there's such a negative connotation that's attached to it because of how, you know, the war on drugs perpetrated, uh, you know, or not the perpetrated, but how they uh, targeted people who use marijuana and high incarceration rates that followed. So everyone mm. was just so afraid of it. But, you know, was, that's why it was so important. I really wanted to have you on because there's so many healing properties that come along or are associated with this plant. And I feel like more people should know because everyone deals with pain and it's better to use a product of the earth like marijuana or cannabis products than to use prescription products like Oxycontins or Percocets or things like that, which will have real long term damage to your body. Correct. Um, I mean, and we have an extreme problem in this borough with those latter drugs that you mentioned, the Oxycontins, yes. the Spice and the K2s or whatever the world, Oof. the fentanyls, which has been, Oof. I mean, God bless and God rest his soul, Michael K. Williams, you know, yes. like, thankfully they found the people that were involved, you know, um, these things, I mean, I know that's a, it's a famous person, but it was a person who was, you know, well beloved, but you know, the average person, you know, you know, we see it every day. Right. We see it day in and day out, you know, and it's not to make fun or make a light. You know, yes, those things need to be documented, but they need to be documented correctly and respect. You know, these are at the end of the day, these are human beings. You know, that's why we have, you know, within this structure of the law, the MRTA, we have these things to set up, you know, funding of harm reduction centers or farming uh, hum, or funding um programs where you exchange cannabis in exchange for um, your your prescriptions or your fentanyls or stuff like that. Those are, to me, I think not the only solution, but they're part to it. So the one thing I want to also stress with this, Denzel, in terms of, you know, advocacy, in terms of advocacy for cannabis and also reduction harm reduction for, you know, um, addiction to illicit drugs, you know, um, harmful drugs. These aren't the know-all end-all solutions. They're not the one boom, magic wand, here's a cure, you know, right. there are parts to the solution. And if you treat them as such, they will help. You know, you can't just solely rely on it and say, hey, cannabis is the only solution for this. It's part two, you know, and I always tell people like, it's not the no all end all, but it's a nice start to a solution because there have been some states where it's been shown that you can exchange cannabis for certain harmful drugs and you see a decline in the use of those harmful drugs. What do you want people to take away from you anytime they experience you having a conversation with me, like on this podcast or any, when, you're, when you're out lobbying for the cause that you stand for, or even when you're just in the community, what do you want people to take away from you? And what do you want people to understand about your message and movement? If it's just one thing and one thing only you're saying, I would say, um, this is funny. This is a, uh, a family member had this uh, saying, basically, because I give a damn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Because I it's simply because I give a damn. And, you know, it's not being naive. And it's not to say that, you know, everybody's going to be a friend or everything and all this stuff. Um, but I want to know that I want people to know that I actually do give a rat's ass about how cannabis is, you know, cultivated, you know, from seed to sale, you know. Yeah. We have a lot of people entering this market, you know, MSOs and stuff like that, 
I question certain things. I'm not going to go into which companies or anything like that, but I do question some intent. You know, we're dealing with plant and plant medicine, you know, not some, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable having my plant medicine dealt with with someone by like, you know, a major pharmaceutical company. You know what I mean? I, I find it to be egregious. It's scary. You know, I'd rather buy my cannabis with someone that I know or someone that I know their company is on the up and up, even though they're maybe a vertically integrated micro business comp type company. You know, you've got to really look in terms of the um, your research with that. Those are the things that I want people to come away with. That because I give a damn, it's because I do the research and I do that. And a lot of people take pride in their research. And I think if you come across a lot of my colleagues that you, you, will, you may come across from time to time, you know, they take pride in that too. You know, they want their, they do their due diligence. So those are the things that I want to take to make sure that people can see the detail and the attention to detail and the attention to like the research, which results in, oh, this is why he gives a damn. As aside from what I do as the advocacy director for New York, uh, for, Bron for the borough of the Bronx and New York City Normal and Bronx Normal, I work with a company called BuzzFeed and through my company, Blue Hope Media, we go across and we look at, you know, different products that we see. It could be your latest bong. It could be your latest storage jar or, you know, grinder or anything like that. We go through those and we see who's on the up and up and we give them promotion through that. So there's a lot of little things that can be done, you know, and in terms of, you know, being a consumer advocate in terms of that that's where that comes in, you know, that attention to detail, you know, making sure that, you know, I'm not going to advocate for a company that puts out a bong that could leak, uh, or that's something that could possibly blow up. Like, you know, you know I, I want to make sure that people are consuming it safely, not just combustibles, but also edibles, inkatures. Uh, we want to make sure that there's no lead in like any of the carts. You know, nothing with vitamin E acetate. Those are the things that I want people to take away. When did you get to this point where you wanted to be so hyper-focused on details and you wanted people to understand that you really care about this, you, the, using the product the correct way and using uh, or being an advocate so fiercely on, on this cause? Like, when was that point in your life? How old were you or, you know, how long did it take you to figure out that was the way that you wanted to advocate? in terms of using my detail, I mean, that's just always how I've been. I mean, mm -hmm. if you, if you ever meet anybody, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to give it away. I'm, I'm in my forties now. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, if you ever meet anybody that knows me, um, that's also a cannabis advocate, someone that went to high school with me at Cardinal Hayes high school, where I graduated, uh, anyone that went to college with me at Lehman college or at SUNY Oneonta, where I transferred, they will tell you how detailed I am at anything that I do. And it's just like, it's, it's, I think it's a hereditary thing. Um, my aunt was an educator, um, for many, many years, uh, in the New York City public school system. And she was very detailed. My mom is very detailed with certain things when she gets down to it. God rest his soul. My father was extremely detailed as a building super. I mean, this is a man who broke down his, uh, his workbench and area that he didn't even need to do it, but he wanted it to his specifications. So, those are things that are, are ingrained in me as, and it's anything that I do, anything that I do. And that's the one thing that people love. And there's some people, I want to say in a, in, a, in a malicious way, some people can kind of get annoyed with it a little bit. 
I've had some people, you know, you're on the red carpet, you can't be too detailed. Because when I was doing red carpet interviews for, you know, as a writer, uh, I would work, I would, you know, ask some questions, but I would get one and it would kind of be a little detailed, like get a two for one, but some publicists would be like looking at, give me the funny look or whatever. But, you know, that's just how I am. And it's in my nature. And, you know, I'm one of those people who's like that. I get it from following sports as well. It's also an attitude of like, you know, I don't know if you're a Knicks fan or not. Like, yes. like I am. Yeah. Long suffering. So, long suffering, disgruntled. Yes. But, um, you know, the Knicks used to say, you know, in the Ewing days, we want to be the team bouncing the ball last, mm-hmm. you know, that's how I am. And people would wonder, why are you always at events? And, you know, you're a writer, you, you know, you, you got to go home and write and finish that. And I would finish the articles and stuff like that, but I'd stay home behind late. It's because there's a lot of little things that you miss. There's a lot of little things that you miss when you don't stay late to certain events, certain functions, certain this. And it's not about gossip or anything like that. It's just, you could miss something that's a, a product detail or a product drop or something like that. You never know. It's okay to be a nerd in these situations, you know, but it's all about that. So that's, it's just been always that ingrained in me to do anything, make sure you're prepared as prepared as possible. I take my pride in it. If I'm not prepared, I get so upset with myself. It's not even funny. Everything has to be detailed. And even when I do stuff with normal, like everything has to be like that. There's got to be an X, Y, and Z component to it. It just has to be. Um, I can't li- live without that. <laughs> well, listen, listen, Daniel, I'm about to pass the plate around the proverbial collection plate because you are preaching right now. I am the <laughs> exact same way. When I like when I write down my shows, I have like different colors in the notebook. My phone is has to be tailored to a certain way so I can access things. Things are already pre-written, pre-recorded. Like I do not take any chances. I'm mm-hmm. with you because the devil is always in the details. I yes. am the same way. So I really appreciate that. We're going to pass the plate around for you. Yeah. We're going to get some <laughs> collections because you preaching right now. Yeah. It's a lot of little things like that. It's, it's, it's to make sure that everything, the devil's in the details. That's, that's definite for sure. That's mm-hmm. for, for certain. Mm-hmm. So Daniel, you know, I'm a proud Bronx resident. I know you are as well. And one thing I like to do on the show is not only bring talk about the Bronx positively with a segment I do called Bronx Facts. I like to, of course, bring so many people on who are from the Bronx, because in my opinion, the Bronx has such a negative connotation uh, put on it, you know, uh, maybe perpetrated by mainstream media or only showing the more negative aspects of the Bronx to persuade people's opinion one way or the other. So for you, how is it, how important is it to you? to highlight the borough of the Bronx with all of your work and all of your ventures? Wow. It's extremely important because I was, I may have not been born here, but I was created here. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you get my drift, I was created yes. here. Yes. <laughs> I, was yes. born in, I was born in Mount Sinai, but I was created here and I've been here predominantly my whole life. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's important to conclude the Bronx simply because it's so, you know, because of the misperceptions, you know, that people have, you know, everybody wants to put a spin on it as to what it is and what it is, what it isn't, you know, I feel that there's a lot of divide. Um, and a lot of people, and I'm not saying that I've never said anything, anything about anything myself. I'm very pretty spoken, well-spoken or outspoken about things, but you know, I'm tired of the division, to be honest with you. There's a lot of divisiveness. Um, 
Um, and that's why, to me, it's important to include the Bronx and everything, to show that there is no more fragmented messages, which there are and there still continue to be, and especially surrounding cannabis as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of fragmented messages. We need more unifying messages. We need more things that are, you know, that are going to keep us together. That's why I, why it's important to include the Bronx, especially with Bronx Normal, to show that there's a unity factor, show that there's, you know, people coming from different backgrounds that want to be in this business, but want to do the right thing as well. Um, that's why it's also important you know we're really here to do coalition work and to work with the community boards as well whether we agree on everything or not um but to make sure that our presence is there and that they know that we're there for with information and educational information so that way no one is lost so that's why it's important because i think we need to make sure that there's a point of service for not one segment of bronchitis but for all within this within this cannabis space so that's why anything that i do it's important um i like to see talent from here shine i like to see talent from here make it and stay here i like to see talent from here make it and stay and be able to go wherever they want and come back and it not be a problem let me pass the plate around for you again bro <laughs> because you you saying everything that I feel, man. You saying everything that I feel. That's why I wanted to name the show. I'm gonna move so you can see the logo fully. Mm -hmm. The Bronx Bias Podcast. Because anywhere I would go in the in New York, or even when I had blessed enough to travel places, and people would ask me, "Hey Denzel, where are you from?" and I would say the Bronx. You know, I'd never thought anything of it, just to tell people that I'm from here, and they would always look at me with these faces of disgust or these faces of disbelief as like the Bronx is one of the worst places on the in the world. And what I wanted to do along with my show is not only showcase myself in terms of my ability to do a podcast over, you know, recorded platforms, et cetera, or have good conversations like I'm having with you right now, but also to bring the Bronx to the forefront as to say, listen, I'm a person who is from this place. And there are a lot of negative opinions about this place. But this is the place that I'd call home. And there are so many beautiful things that you guys just are not aware about. Mm -hmm. And so that was very important to me um, to, to bring to the show and always put it out. I don't want anyone to listen to my show and not know that I'm from the Bronx. I don't want anyone to see me out somewhere and not know that I'm from the Bronx because I'm so proud of how it shaped me and helped me become this person. So, you know, I, I just see it as extremely valuable to always speak about it in a, in a positive light. And of course, there are negative aspects to it, but always speak about it in a positive light and always bring it back to listen. Remember, Denzel, no matter how big or how small I end up making it is from the Bronx. And there are so many other great people who are from here doing great things like yourself. Thank you. And that's 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 definitely how I feel as well, because. You know, living, growing up in Highbridge, you know, in my teens, you know, even I would say, listen, there's more to us than a damn stadium here. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. that's the right. first thing everybody thinks is Yankee hey, Stadium. Yankee Stadium. You know, there's more than one thing that defines us. There's no, I want to say that there, I mean, I know a lot of people feel that Yankee, being a Yankee fan of Yankee Stadium is, you know, uh, something to identify homogeneously in the Bronx. Not everybody does, but a lot of people do. But there's other things to identify homogeneously with the Bronx. And that's something I want, you know, for Bronx normal or anything that I do. You know, people to say, hey, this is part of the Bronx. This we can identify with this. 
you know, this is good, good by us. We're good. It's good by, you know, we're good by it. They're good by us. So that's exactly something that I, that I want is to get people to know that when in terms of, you know, developing cannabis businesses, whether it's a micro business or a dispensary, you know, that they're treating, you know, the customer base here with respect. Sci Sims uh, had a store uh, called Sims, right? Sims mm -hmm. department stores. It's where, um, I believe it's where um, uh, Century 21 is now going to be debunked on by Ground Zero around there. Mm -hmm. I can't say Ground Zero, um, but Freedom Tower, excuse my, excuse my frame of reference. Um, so he had a saying, um, the educated consumer is our best customer. Right. You know, and it's true. It's true. A lot of those Burlington type and Marshall type businesses and, and Century 21, that's what they focus on to a degree. You know what I mean? That educated consumer that wants something nice for like the best dollar, you know, amount, you know, that doesn't kill them, you know? So that's what we want to make sure we have in terms of, you know, the cannabis industry here. And in terms of inclusion, in terms of like the customers not getting shafted, you know, there's, you know, businesses that they can homogeneously identify with and feel comfortable that the business is not doing them dirty, you know, not doing them, you know, filthy. Cause listen, in, in the cannabis business, especially in the legal, in the legacy market, you cannot fool people. <laughs> Those are some of the most educated consumers and customers and business people you will meet. And some of the most honest ones too, believe it or not. And I know most of them too. And, you know, I've known of most of them. So, they, you know, those are the people that I want to see shine. You know, they have more expertise than I do. And if they don't get in, that's just going to be, that's just going to piss me off. <laughs> right. Those are people that, you know, I've learned from and I've gained, gained a level of rapport and respect, you know, and someone who's been at it legacy more than I have, let's say X 25 years, you know, and they can't get, if they can't get a license, oof, oof. I understand. I fully understand. And also, I have to make sure Denzel's a Mets fan, not even a Yankees fan. I live in the Bronx and I'm a Mets fan. I know it's like the biggest cardinal sin in the world, but it's the truth. Let's go Mets. Fans are true to the orange and blue. And that's where I'll leave it on that. Okay. I'm, 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 a, I'm a Mets fan too. So yeah. That's I, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, the cardinal sin is, uh, well, that's a different story altogether. I'll, I won't go into <laughs> Oh man, I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave high school. I'll leave high school sports alone for a day. I used to cover, so I'll leave that alone. <laughs> I just want. I just want to point out that Cardinal Hayes is, uh, you know, nationally ranked in basketball. That's right. Else. Shout him out. Hey, shout him I, out. Shout I don't him see out. anyone else in. I don't know if anybody else in the Bronx is nationally ranked. So puff out your chest. That's right. Let yeah, him we'll know. Pop, we're, we're definitely shaking our feathers out. You know, so we're good. <laughs> we're good. Hopefully we hopefully we bring that state federation title home. It's long overdue. You know, we we got to have at least one in the trophy case, at least one. Well, I, I'll, I'll make sure to not tell my guy, Coach Mark from St. Raymond's High School, who I had on the show. I'll make sure not to tell him that you said that because he's going to hit me up and be like, how could you have this guy on the show talking all that? I will make keep this away from Coach Mark. And if you out there listening, bro, listen, you got to take it up with my guy, Daniel. And I know he's ready. For the Come on, I know man. he's ready for the smoke. I got I got respect for, for believe it or not as much as there's a chippy rivalry I do have a respect for St. Ray's at least they're in the borough of the Bronx so yes, sir. yes you are you guys are there so I mean listen you guys have been a powerhouse for years and I give you guys all the respect but we've gotten a few buzzer beaters at the end so I'll leave it at that <laughs> <laughs>
All right. So, Daniel, my next question for you is, and this is one where I know there are so many different layers on and it's such a nuanced topic of discussion. It is um, what are some obstacles that you are facing currently in the space, in the cannabis space and in the cannabis advocacy advocacy space? And how can they be tackled in the most in the most positive way or the most effective way to see the change that you need to see as it relates to these issues? You got three years for me to explain. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot. And, you know, um, I'll go I'll go with the one of the easiest ones. Uh, it's, it's one of the most unfortunate ones. Social media is an obstacle. Um, you know, you're getting flagged left and right. It could be the algorithm. It could be someone crashing on you, you know, just because they want to yep. do that. Um, it could be that you are tagging someone or sharing things that you're not supposed to and you are violating. So it could be any combination of that. Um, I will tell you this much. Anybody who's visiting the Bronx normal page right now on IG uh, since January 14th, we have not been able to post. Um, we've been flagged. We do not sell any cannabis whatsoever. That's what we're being flagged for. Um, and promoting illicit cannabis sales. We do not sell. It's in our bylaws from the national level. We could get everything revoked as a lobby. So I cannot sell you a dime bag worth of, worth of oregano and, ha <laughs> and say I'm Bronx normal or NYC normal. Okay, we cannot do that. Okay. They flagged us, Instagram flagged us. Um, I had, sh I run the site, so no secret, I run the site. Um, I run the social media, so for now. So I had shared something that said $43 billion in sales. It was a normal placard. It was a normal informational thing. And they flagged me for that, saying that it's cannabis sales. I'm sharing information about projected sales. So it's either one of two things, either Instagram, you know, got their underwears in a twist. Or what I suspect someone is been trying to be funny. Um, I would gear towards the latter because, you know, this is the wild, wild west, unfortunately. And people want to play a little games and a little this. And we don't have time for social media games. I mean, we advocated to get Canaclusive back on. Someone was trying to sh uh, shut them down. And they were not sharing anything but news information on the cannabis industry. And there's a lot of favoritism and cherry picking. And if you're blue checked as a celebrity, you're a made person. No one can touch you. No offense to Snoop, the Snoop Dogs of the world. I love y'all and what y'all have done, you know, but we need kind of in a way do need you. I know to say, hey, knock this off at the top because it's very hypocritical for a thing for you know, meta, Facebook, whatever you want to call it these days, to flag and crack down on people for sharing information. I'm just going for the information portion or to share a possible product that's not involving the plant. But you have someone who's a celebrity, they get to get away with it. Or a certain person of a certain note of a certain following gets to get away with it. And that's one of the missions in Bronx Noble that we want to advocate for or against is that sort of stuff. You know, there has to be some sort of hearing on the state and eventually the federal level as to, you know, social media practices and how people are getting flagged and determined they're getting flagged because 
this is how a lot of minority black, brown, Latin, minority, Asian, that's how a lot of us get our, you know, exposure or our not so much I won't say advertising, but quasi advertising, if you will, or get your name out somehow. Right. Because it's the most cost-effective way. You don't have money for a marketing group. You got to create your own sometimes, like I like I get into. So those are the things that I'm, I'm advocating for and are against is like that kind of like censorship. It's ridiculous what they're doing with certain platforms. Other obstacles, I mean, you got to go through the, the community board meetings, whether it's Zoom or in person. Thankfully, it's Zoom. It's a little challenging, um, to say the least. Um, it's just a matter of technology. That's all. But for the most part, they've gone smooth. Um, other obstacles, I mean, geez, I mean, other, uh, just getting out there, just being out there in person, making sure, you know, Omicron is not, you know, well, we can't make sure, but hoping that Omicron doesn't impact, you know, certain events that you want to go to, that you want to show your face to, you know, you know, appearances are everything, you know, so those, those things are, are, are a bit of a challenge. I mean, I do get myself around and out. I do make sure I have, you know, more than one way to skin the cat you know, to get this thing done. Um, but yeah, those are some of the main thing, obstacles that we, we have to face, you know, um, you know, just making sure people um, are informed or not misinformed. That's a definite obstacle is the misinformation. There's quite a bit of misinformation. Um, um, they think there was the one with the COVID article where they were saying certain compounds in cannabis can help with COVID. People were mistaking that information. So, oh, if I just smoke a blunt, Right. COVID is done. We know that it does not work that way. We are talking about a plant compound that's been scientifically, I don't want to say manipulated or altered, but like dealt with, I guess, if you will. And those are extracts, right. whatever extract that they're using for that. So some people, you know, the misinformation and, you know, those things can be obstacles as well. Um, other obstacles is just, I mean, the grind is always going to be an obstacle, but that's what you accept. You accept you, 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 it's not, if it's easy, everybody be doing it. So, right. I mean, that, that, those are just some certain obstacles that you deal with on a day in and day out basis. I mean, making sure that people are informed, you know, making sure that, you know, their channels aren't, you know, you know, shut off to them or closed off to them. It goes on on a daily basis. And, you know, people are being, you know, showing their ingenuity and trying to create other platforms that are, conducive to cannabis and i hope there are more or more that are legit and some that are monetized because those are also avenues that people can you know expand upon for themselves okay well i know that there is a lot of work to do in the space and i know that there is a lot of hurdles that come along with trying to do what you're doing and trying to promote this as a, a medicinal plant for widespread use um, can you talk to me a little bit about the book? Because shout out to my guy, Brandon Montez, the Norwood Community Library. I visited him and he gave, he offered me a, one of your books, a Bronx yes. Nova book. And it was full of great information on all of the healing properties that are in or within using cannabis and re for recreational use or otherwise. So can you speak a little bit about the book by Bronx Normal about all the the great healing properties that are within cannabis products. Well, that is that book wasn't created by us. It was created actually by Paul Armentano, mm -hmm. who is one of our senior higher ups at, at uh, the national level. And that's a, an instructional manual that we use to show people, you know, the different properties and cannabinoids and how things interact 
with different parts of an, the anatomy of the of the human anatomy. So that's what that book is for in relation to. It's a very, it's a very, it's a quick and detailed book. It definitely has a lot of. Yes. It's very quick, detailed, and punchy in terms of for a medical book. And I say this because a lot of medical books can be thick, this super big. thick, very thick, which isn't bad. I have a super thick, you know, medical language coding book myself, so I have those. Um, yeah, it's very quick and detailed for someone on the go, for someone to be on the bus, you know, and read and say, hey, look what I found that, you know, if I do this with this compound, you know, it'll help me with my arthritis or my joint pain or something like that. So those are things that, 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 um, that we have um, year round. There's other books that we do have, but that's one of the more readily carried ones because it's not as heavy as, as other books you would see for that. But yeah, it's definitely shout out to Paul Armentano, who um, works with Oaksterdam University and obviously is part of uh, uh, normal on the national level. And he's lobbied on the on the federal level as well for, um, you know, for us as well. So he's part of also our educational series. He's a very super detailed guy and obviously obviously by the book and very good to talk to, very knowledgeable about, you know, what, you know, is pinpointed with the body in relation to cannabis and cannabinoids and terpene profiles and stuff like that. It's involved. I mean, it's, it, it's a short book, but it can be involved as well. And shout out to him and shout out to Brandon again. Cause he, I, you know, I went to go see him and he was like, yeah, I got these books in from normal. And I was like, I've heard of normal before. He was like, yeah, you should take one, you know, because that's his thing. He gives out free books. And he's like, yeah, you should take one. And I was like, okay, I'll take it. And it was a short read. It's a, it's a small book. I read it on the train on the way home mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, like I, and it, it really like put the nail in, like, I really need to reach out and try and get someone to speak with them on the podcast because I just felt like a scholar after reading it. Like it's just all these great nuggets of information and all these, you know, and this is just a great resource for people who are on the fence or for people who just have, you know, misconceptions or altered views of the plant. And just for me, as just a regular dude who just was able to read that on the subway, it, mm-hmm. I just felt so much more, you know, informed and I felt so compelled to have someone come on. So I had to make sure I shout him out because he was really the bridge to help me speak with you. Yeah. When I saw him, he gave me the book. So I just wanted to shout him out and also shout out to our guy, Paul, for writing that book because it's full of great information. Yes, it is. And st- thank you to Brandon Montez, definitely Norwood Community Library. Those things went very fast. Uh, everyone yeah. I gave them to, they go <laughs> fast. I think there's one more set that I'm giving out, and that's it for now, because we're kind of low on resources. And well, we I'm got, glad I got mine. I'm glad I got yeah, my yeah, one. Yeah, yours. But we'll, we'll be doing a lot of that. Um, that's another little, I hate saying pet mission or pet project for things, but for the lack of better, that's one of the little things I wanted to do, you know, to break the ice. I mean, technically, you know, normally that's a book that we collect $10 on. Uh, for donations, which most anybody who donates to us within our lobby, it's not tax deductible. Even your membership dues of $35 for the year are not tax deductible because we're that kind of lobby, a not-for-profit. You can't do that. Um, so we're not, we're not doing tax. We don't do tax write-offs. But um, the, um, you know, giving, giving out those books, you know, normally it's $10. I'm like, you know what? let's see what we can do. And I approached and approached them. They're like, sure, we can do this as a giveaway for the community and stuff like that. And, you know, you know, we don't want to just do it simply just for the holidays. I mean, sure. It coincided with the holidays and the giving spirit, 
but we definitely want to do that from time to time throughout other e time period points of the year. You know, it's a book that, although, you know, this is for 21 and above, um, let's face it, you want to educate teens on this properly these days. It's different from when we were, you and I were teens. Um, I def definitely, I'm from the era of, unfortunately, Bear, and from that PSA of, where did you learn how to do this? Who taught yep. you? I learned this by watching you. We, that's my generation, unfortunately, with that, with yeah. that stuff. And, you know, the, the educational models were way different and way draconian in those days. So now it's a little different. You know, the, you know, every generation of kids comes up. They're not, you know, they're more swift than the next. They, you know, mm -hmm. you know, yep. I grew up when, when I was growing up and I, saw, you know, as a teen, I saw four year olds working up uh, the Nintendo already. I'm like, OK, so it's not uncommon to see a toddler working a, a PS5 these days. So. No, but at the same token, you know, you want to make sure the kids are educated, know that this is a plant, that it's not for them just yet. So there's other books as well. Um, there's a book, obviously, I just mentioned it there. It's called It's Just a Plant. And it's an elementary children's book. Um, and you could find that. We actually had some people read it at Storytime for a Juneteenth event we did last year that we participated in in Harlem. That's so awesome. I would take a book like that and a book like Paul's, especially a book like Paul's for like, you know, kids that are getting into biology, mm -hmm. you know, like in the, in the in like fifth grade on that are like, you know, into getting into biology or whatever junior high school, you teach them, hey, this is not for you. You're not an adult, but this is what it does. I feel if you teach kids from a younger, from a younger age, they'll know. And, they'll, and once they're adults, obviously, they'll be able to make their more informed decisions and, you know, if, whether they're going to consume or not. Again, we're trying to make sure that we're not having this in the hands of kids. Now, the educational materials to teach your kids as your parent, definite. These are things that you want to show your kids. You want to know your kids and give your kids a, a chance to debunk the myths and stuff like that so they don't go in loss, whether they want to consume or not. You know, because a lot of people will just say, hey, this is just, you know, stupid stuff, you know, you're not supposed to do. But, you know, this is a medicine, you know, and this is something, you know, God forbid you have a teen that has seizures, they may be a special case that they need a tincture to deal with their seizures or whatever. So there are some situations like that when there is a use by minors, but those are special situations. But you also want to inform kids about those special situations because you never know. You never know what's in, what's in your school and stuff like that. All right. That's right. So great. It's a great read. Um, it's a great book. I was very, I felt very blessed to receive it. And when I read it, I was like, wow, like, can't believe I got this for free. Like, it was just great. And I really appreciate the time that's taken that he took. And also the other, the other authors took to actually write a book that's easy to understand. And also that's very informative. I thought that was very, very well done. And um, I just had to make sure I speak about it with you because. Yeah, it was great. definitely. Because that's the key is what you mentioned as well. Simple and to the point. And that's mm -hmm. something as much as you could be detailed in which the book is, you know, simple and to the point and hitting the nail. And I, I guess I must have a knack for these things because in my life as a writer, I once covered Michael Houlihan. Michael Houlihan happens to be the founder of Barefoot, co-founder of Barefoot Wine, mm -hmm. which is one of the most inexpensive wines you wow. could buy. It's always nine or ten dollars or something mm -hmm. like that. And he, you know, we when in the course of interviewing, we went through his his spiel and his whole history. And he was obviously very detailed, but simple. He got to the point, and especially in his book when he gave me his book. 
to read and it gave me the pinpoints of what you know he is horror stories you know dealing in napa valley you know he wanted to create a wine and he did that didn't beat up on the on on regular consumers like the wine snobs were doing and that's what you may have with a cannabis in this situation with cannabis you know you want to create really good healthy strains for consumption that are you know have the terpen profiles potency and all that stuff but you also don't want to create it that it's you're too much of a cannabis snob that you're beating up on people right. but that goes to back circle back to the educated consumer you can try but they'll know as much as you do don't insult your audience as well that's 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 an, another outlier with this that's right that's right now as my next question as it relates to young people um as we spoke on as we touched on when you spoke about the book what advice would you give to a young person who wanted to start who wanted to start their journey into the cannabis advocacy space what would you tell some young people about the space or what would you give what nuggets would you give them as just you know a little bit of info um as to what to expect if they wanted to break into the advocacy space and wanted to you know really start um, promoting, you know, the medicinal properties of the plant. Right. So for anyone 21 and above, obviously this is advice for that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the, the younger crowd is more education until they're ready to physically participate. Right. Um, that with the advocacy, I would just say, show up the be- the most thing you show up, showing up. That's the easiest part is just showing up. That's it. You don't even have to talk. People will talk to you and ask you questions and then you just gauge them. You just gauge and you see who you want to work with. It's a process. And, you know, it's taken me years to cultivate who I want to work with. You know, it's taken me years. And that's just not this. It's just anything in general. But it's taken me years to do that. And a lot of people are like that. And you can't blame certain people. They want, you know, their ship to rerun a certain way, you know, and you got to respect that. So my thing is when it comes to whether you're showing up to uh, normal NYC normal or Bronx normal or anything, even if it's like something like we work with, we partner, we've, we've done, um, been in the same building with a drug policy Alliance and, you know, Bronx defenders and stuff like that, you know, just show up to events when we do events like that or stuff like that. If we ever do, you know, you never know, you never know what you, what you could run into, especially volunteering. Even if you have a day job or if you're, I know a lot of people may or may not be fully employed. You may segue your way into a business that it may not be plant touching, but it may be involving the cannabis industry. It may not necessarily be advocacy work, or you could be getting something for your advocacy work as well. Most is is not for profit, as we know, but you could back your way into working at a convention somehow through your working in non for profit and advocacy. It's not illegal or illicit. It's just you're making your network, you know. That's what I would encourage. I would make sure people just show up. It's just don't be afraid to show up. Even if you have misperceptions, show up and confirm your misperceptions. You may get them debunked. You may get, you may surprise yourself. You know, I knew of normal for years, right? And, you know, I had a conversation with someone in South, in the South, in my haven. They asked me, you know, normal's been around. How come normal never came to the Bronx? I was like, you know what? That's a damn good question. I don't have an answer for that really other than it takes a lot to just set up a chapter for normal so not just anyone could do it the paperwork is you could fill it out but not everyone can do it so as to why it took three years it's possibly that it could be anything but we're here we're not here just for you know 
a clout is a chase pop, you know, you know, chasing a clout and a pop, you know. So we're just we're we're here for you know the long term, you know, and that's what we want to make sure we establish, you know. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, my last of my like serious NPR questions. I think this is very important because this is what this this question is really tailored to people like myself or, you know, just random people who are not involved in the space. What can we do as civilians to keep the cannabis advocacy movement going? You know, because I'm sure people, just regular people who work nine to fives or whomever who are not in the space don't know what they can do that I'm sure they want to help, but they don't know how they can help. So what are some ways that the normal everyday guy or gal can do to help keep the advocacy movement going? This this goes ties into what I w- was saying previously. Um, and obviously to finish that one is show up and respect the room mm-hmm. when you're in the room. Um, the thing is, uh, what we what, what was you wanted to go forward as in terms of people getting involved, the everyday person, again, show up. Um, try to make sure you're following certain social media profiles or you have your LinkedIn and make sure you find events or workshops that are after your work hours. There are quite a few, not even quite a few, quite a some of them, a lot of them. A lot of the stuff that I, you know, I was worried once I went to my day job, I got, went, started working again. How am I going to attend certain cannabis functions online or in person? Thankfully, most of them during the pandemic, um, a good chunk of them were as if they were after hours, after work hours type of deal, six o'clock starting and stuff like that. Um, during the pandemic, you saw that there were some that were like one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, whatever around the, around the time, time, the hour, the hand o'clock. So you just got to find the ones that work for you. Um, luckily for me, I have a Bluetooth in my ear so I can listen, you know, and do double duty when I can. I have a little leeway where I'm at. Um, and they, they're aware that I'm, you know, lobbying and advocating. So they know, um, not everybody has it like that with their day jobs. I get it, I get it. And I've been in that position as well. Um, that's why you try to find the after work uh, networking functions. So that way you can participate as just, you know, the average person and find out what's going on. Find out Eventbrite has a ton of events that are online that you can learn, you know, basic stuff on growing or just learn basic things on tips of, you know, what you're going to want to know for your HR function for your company. It runs the gamut. You just really have to do the research. Um, Again, follow Bronx Normal, follow New York City Normal, follow partners like us, like Drug Policy Alliance and Canaclusive. They always post things as far as getting work, as far as I need a new social media manager, or we have this networking event. On the Revel has a networking event on the 24th, and I'm going to be there. So if you want to run into me, I will be there. Uh, let's be nice, and we'll be play, we'll play nice. Um, but um, yeah, you just show up to those events, and you just find them. That particular one is um, the Revel one, 6.30. I mean, 6, 6.30. So I'm after work. I can do that. I know. I get it. Not everybody does. But if you really are hunting for those things or want to transition from a day job that you're not passionate about, that you know provides you enough to fund your endeavor into transitioning, then I would carefully start doing it now if you haven't been doing it six months ago or a year ago. I mean, I recently finished testifying before the Bronx budget panel last week. 
hosted by Alessandra Biaggi. Uh, there was a bunch of senators there, state senators, uh, Senator Rivera, uh, Senator Serrano, Senator Sepulveda, and I believe Senator Bailey was there. Um, this was all on Zoom. Anyone could have participated in this and given testimonial as to what. So what did I do? Part of my mission with Bronx Normal and New York City Normal is I want to advocate not so much for dispensaries, no offense to dispensaries, but for micro licenses and micro businesses, because that's how we know and we feel that minority applicants can gain entry and possible and definitely succeed. Um, I'm one of those who was one of the biggest proponents of that. Um, and you won't find a bigger one. And that's what I proposed. That's what I said. And that's what I did. I was albeit out of breath and I was out of my, at my day job, but I got my answer in and I wanted to stump for, and I'm going to continue to stump for, you know, seeing if the $200 million that Governor Hochul is setting aside for the discretionary fund for, you know, you know, that she has for the OCM, that those funds can be applied for micro businesses and micro applicants, micro business applicants, and micro licensing, excuse me. Um, that's part of it, part of it. And that's what I had had done. And Senator Rivera, to his credit, um, thankfully pointed out that I'm a little bit ahead of the curve, but I, so I respectfully said, I'd rather be ahead of the curve, respectfully, than behind the eight ball. It's not That's just true. me that I'm doing this for. I'm doing this for anybody else who wants to, you know, be a micro, micro license applicant, you know, and those are things that need to be stressed. Um, there's something else with terms of um, spacing with micro licenses. I know that's part of something else that I'm I want to advocate for as well. And part of that, we want to make sure that people get the proper amount of space. We are not going to know what the regs are according to, uh, there was, there was a, an OCM round table, not round table, a town hall a few days ago, I believe Tremaine Wright had said that we were going to get, or someone had said that we were going to get, um, answer as, as to what regs for micro licensing starting late this late this late this winter early spring from what i've been what i gathered from that last ocm uh round table that town hall if i if i'm to be standing correctly i will stand corrected but that's what i i gathered in that announce in that announcement people have been wanting to know that because Everybody knows that that's a viable option for minority applicants. A lot of minority applicants want to be into the process of um, controlling seed to sale. We know that the seed, it's the seed game. They know it too, but we know it as well. And we know that nuance. And if you're a micro business that wants to you know, grow, process, and do your own thing, which you have every right to within that scope, you should definitely be going that to that direction, and we will definitely be there for anybody who want who needs our help to help at stump for them for that, because those are things that can help with supply chain. You can't rely just off of other things, and a dispensary can't corner off a market. They got to get something from somewhere. And I'm really glad that we had this, that we were able to have this conversation, because I feel so much smarter about these things. I feel so educated about these things, and that's the beauty of the show in that way. You know, I get really excited to talk to people who not only are very passionate about what they do, but also very knowledgeable, you know, because I feel like not only the audience, but myself gets enriched by all the information that's given. So I really appreciate you, man, coming on and giving this 
great info out because I think this a lot of people can take things from this and learn so much about an mm. industry that they really just, you know, on the large scale have no idea about, man. I really appreciate this. Yes, definitely. And that's something for people to keep their eyes peeled as for the OCM announcements as to when the next uh, OCM meeting is going to be. Uh, I know that we had one last month. Um, I think we, I don't, we'll find out when we're slated for another one. I'll get, we'll get that update and I'll get that out on the Bronx normal um, link tree as well as my link tree. Um, that's definite. Um, that's definitely something to look forward. Hopefully it's, it's within the time frame that they said, if not, just keep pressing and keep looking for that information. Cause that's what I'm doing. If it, I don't hear if we don't hear anything, the next OCM, we're going to keep pressing it and pressing it because that's the only way you're going to be able to get the answers and the results that you want. You got to keep be persistent, you know, and press on this because just sitting back and watching and waiting for answers is not going to, is not going to get it done. You know? So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an interesting dance and you got to be respectful and be patient as well. But, um, a lot of people I can tell, and I don't blame them. Some, some of their patience is running thin. Um, but it's, 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 it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's for sure. That's for sure. And nothing that's worth having is easy to get. I learned that at a very early age. No, man, this, listen, I'm in my forties. I barely have gray hairs and I know I'm going to get more, even <laughs> though I'm in this because no, it's a, it's, listen, it's a business you're advocating, you know, your hours and it's not a complaint. This is just what it is. And I'm telling you this people, for, at least for me, this is what it is. And this is, I know I expected some things. And even the ones that I don't expect, it's like, all right, you just got to deal with it. It's like you signed up for this, you know, it's, it's not going to be all sunshine and lollipops. It's just not. I mean, I would love sunshine and lollipops after I smoke my next lift, but <laughs> it may not be that way. I may just get a call from someone. Hey, I heard something. Da, 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 and like, I got to be like, okay, just play your game. The, the one thing I want to stress about this, and if anything, another thing to stress about this, you know, and obviously this is a sports reference, man. I just want people, you know, listen, I know people are probably discouraged. You know, they're wondering, oh, this guy's going to get it. And they're teaming up with this and this and that. Just play your game. Play your game. And, you know, whatever you can control, fine. You know, whatever you can't, you can't. There's things that are out of, I will be honest with you, are out of my control as an advocate, as a lobbyist, as even a producer slash writer, but there's things that are out of my control with this. Um, even I'm in the same boat as a lot of minority uh, canopreneurs on my own end, you know, so I don't have any extra special advantages. If I did, I swear I would, in, in some legal way, you know, tip a, tip, tip a table or something like that. But a lot of us are in the same boat. A lot of us don't have two million to start. A lot of us uh, are trying to establish proper relationships with the right people in um, legislative legislative circles. You know, and ha be respectful. You know, um, thank you for again for Senator Rivera for acknowledging my 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 testimony the other day. Um, but yeah, it takes a lot of work. These people, whether you, it's their job. They have a job whether you agree with them or disagree with them with their policies or anything, they have a lot on their plate too. And it's not just cannabis. So you got to make sure what, peck, unfortunately, you got to make sure what pecking order you're in, you know, uh, I hate to say it like that, but there's some things that are more priority. Let's say things with like, 
what happened with Twin Parks. That's more of a priority than me. Sure. I know that I'm not going to go to Twin Parks. Yeah, I'll volunteer. I'll donate money. I, I never, I never got to go, but I donated my time and my, um, my, my clothing and stuff like that, you know, to charity, just like any, a lot of other people. And I'm not going to go there and make it like about Bronx normal. Right. They have, you know, that's not the time nor the place. But those are the type of people being when the politicians and everybody descend, which they have every right to and they, they're going to, gonna, you know, events, you know, whenever you do see them that are not like that, that's where you can go and see them and see if you can approach respectfully, you know, a tree lighting or something like that. That's more apropos to say, just say hello, just so they know that you're alive. As long as you let them know that you're alive, you're in the fight. Then you could start talking. You're your, your doing your talk that you need to get get done. That's at least my advice on that. Um, you know, it's it's persistence. You gotta just be persistent. It's just like they're not gonna respond to you after the first message, after the second, third, or fourth, and then they see you at the chamber of commerce or something like that. Then okay, you're alive, and now you're you're kind of sort of plugged in in, in a sense. But I want to make sure that people like aren't lost. You know. Well, look, I got a pastor plate around for you for the third time, man, because for real, you're giving out great things. That's not only, you know, just with the advocacy. I tell people that as well, you know, like people who approach me about their own podcasts or, you know, who want to get into this space as well. And I'm like, listen, this is a hard road. This is a arduous journey. This is a you're going to be frustrated a lot. You're going to put out some things that you think is your best work and it's not going to get the results that you have mm. in mind. But you have to, if you're passionate about this craft, if you're passionate about your platform, this is something that you have to keep doing and persevering in. You know, when yep. I first started my first episode, I didn't know what it would be. I knew that people, I would have a hard time garnering following and listeners, but it's just the work that you have to continue to put in and the, the belief that you have in whatever that you want to do. So Man, I really, you know, that's why the plate got to go around because everything that you're saying <laughs> is like 100% true. And you can find the parallels, not only in advocacy, but you can find those parallels in any aspect of life, whether it's education, whether it's entrepreneurship, whether it's, you know, relationships or, or even, you know, family, you know, want to work and have better relationships within your family. So everything mm -hmm. comes to you if you work hard and nothing that's worth having is easy to attain. You have to put the work in to achieve all your goals. That's a fact. Yes, that that's 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 a given. That that is definitely a given, man. That's that's without question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R O D G E R S N E I G H B O R H O O D. Twitter is the exact same, except there are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. And one thing I do every show, Daniel, is I answer questions from the listeners of the show. It's a great way to keep them involved. It's a great way to keep them engaged. And it's a great way to break up the conversation. Uh, you know, just, you know, me asking you these serious questions and you answering them in the most educated way possible. So it's a great caveat to add to the show. So what I would like to do with you is have you answer some of the questions from the listeners so they can get more info on who Daniel Rivera is. <laughs> gotcha. All right. So my first question for you from the listeners is, who is the most slept on legend in history? 
Wow, that's a good one. That is a really, 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 really good one. Most, uh, and it could be from any field too. Any field, any genre, anywhere. Wow. Oh man, that's gonna. You know what? I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna. This is a biased podcast. I'm gonna do this and go with the theme. In history, the most. I want to say the most slept on. I think someone that needs more respect put on their name in terms of certain circles, like. Um, or more people need to know more about one of my good friends happens to be, or I've, I've, um, happens to be, um, Stalin Colline, who graduated from Cardinal Hayes high school and Stalin played in the NFL for a number of years. And he's the first Dominican born player to be drafted in the NFL. Oh. And I don't think that gets mentioned enough. And he's from Mapes Avenue. Wow. I don't think it's so much slept on. I've known Stalin. He's a two-time Hall of Famer from Carnal Hayes. He's a Hall of Famer. And from Boston College, he's a Hall of Famer. Yes, he is. He's a Hall of Famer. He he was on the field when BC upset Notre Dame back in 93. Wow. Yeah, he played for Coach Denny Green in Minnesota uh, four years in the NFL. You know, not a lot of people get to do that, you know let alone come from the Bronx. And he, he, you know, he paved the way for a lot of people to go, especially guys like Willie Colon, who graduated Mm -hmm. from Hayes as well. Um, And there's others coming through the, through the, have been coming through the woodworks as you see. Um, But yeah, I wouldn't say slept on. I don't want to sound like I'm disrespectful to a guy who's six foot seven. and could still probably pick me up (laughs) and has a wingspan of seven foot, but he's a dear friend of mine. And, you know, he's always been a good guy, always been in my corner as a part, as a good human being, you know, and I just feel he doesn't get talked enough in certain circles in terms of representation for, you know, Latin ball players in terms of the NFL. He's always quick to remind me who's who, who's who's come before him, who's comes after him. But I think he needs more recognition, I, I feel, respectfully. And that would be my, if for the lack of better, most slept on legend, a Bronx legend to me. Uh, you know, a guy who, you know, a guy, a guy who, you know, fought on those fields every Thanksgiving against a certain high school that's barely in the Bronx. You know, he's my guy. So that would be the most slept on, a guy that needs to be get more, put more spec on his name, as they would say, you know, because to me, he's more respected, most, more, the most humble, most respected people that I've ever met in my life. And I've learned a lot. I learned a lot about leadership from him, to be honest with you. And that's the thing that I want to drive home with that. So that's my most slept on person. Wow, man, I didn't even know that. Like, I didn't even know that. Willie Colon, I know because he plays for, he used to play for my favorite team, as you can see behind the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I knew about Mm -hmm. Willie Colon, but I had no idea that, you know, that, that he would even existed, you know? So, wow, that is a true, great nugget of information. Like, I really had no idea of that. Played on the same defensive line as Hall of Famer John Randall. Wow. This is a guy that, you know, he didn't have to face Randy Moss directly, but his team on defense had to see play. Yeah, Randy Moss is a teammate. Chris Carter, you know, Denny Green was a coach of his, you know, a great, a good leader of men, you know, when he was, you know, when he had the Vikings, you know. So, yeah, that that's someone who definitely doesn't get talked of, I feel enough in terms of the NFL, in terms of like Latin representation and stuff like that. That's just how I feel. That's my bias for my boy. Respectfully. Hey, shout out to him, man, and shout out to you for bringing that to the show because I really had never heard of that, and I'm a huge football fan. I had never heard of that, and that is awesome. 
that is the true definition of uh, a slept on legend or slept on goat. And I appreciate that. I appreciate you bringing that to the show. That was awesome. I had, I had never heard that before. My next question for you, Daniel, from the listeners is, what is a current trend that you just don't understand? <laughs> Let me be careful before I get shot. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, a current a current trend that I can't. Um, you know what? I'm just. I want to say it's a trend, but it's over the years. Actually, you know what? Cancel culture. Mm. Talk about it. There's some things that need to be canceled for real. We all can say that, but there's some things that's like, come on, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. I think there's too much quick rush to judgment with cancel culture. Mm-hmm. I think, and and we all fall victim to like rushing in and judgment a lot. You know what I mean? So to be to be fair, mm-hmm. but I feel that cancel culture. I mean, Jesus, it's. I think it's ruined lives. To be honest with you, there's things that need to be canceled that should have been canceled years ago or decades ago. But like, if you're doing it now, it's like, what's the point? Like there's people that I'm pretty sure that want to do this or have done this or been in some sort of 4chan site, you know, let's ban John Hughes movies or cancel them because they have racist tropes. And yes, those are movies were politically incorrect. I grew up with those movies, but do you think I'm rolling around like Getty Watanabe like, like that and stuff like that? No, but People are just a lot, way too sensitive with certain things. I get there's a need for respect and decorum um, with certain things, um, but not everything needs to be canceled. They're just not, there's things that just, it's like, come on, dude. Like, I, I'm trying to think of like a certain things from in the, in the recent that have been canceled, but like, it's like, come on already. It's like, there's just certain things that, no, it's just, it's just too much of a rush to judgment. I think that's the most, the one that I just don't, understand i'm fed up with you know and i think just needs to be really i know we're really examining it from a psychological level i see these things on youtube all the time and my due diligence but it's (laughs) i would definitely say it's one of the things that not drag keeps me up at night but it definitely makes me want to like slam slam my head in a door or something like that because there's just some things like i said again to belabor belabor the point but don't need canceling obviously there's some but some people just are just the needle is just moved a certain way i'm with you man i'm with you i remember um i I don't remember how many years ago it was maybe two years or three where my guy kevin hart was supposed to be the host of the oscar yes yeah and then they went into his past and found jokes that he had made you know in his early comedy career um that he had already apologized for but it was just literally the the snowballing of everyone yeah. putting out their opinion. And it led him to, you know, it was supposed to be one of the biggest moments of his life. And mm-hmm. we know that Kevin Hart is a good guy. He wouldn't hurt a fly. You know, we, we all know that. We all have that knowledge. But it was just that snowballing of people's opinions saying that Kevin Hart should be destroyed for those things that he said, even though he apologized for them, that led to him not being able to host those awards. So that is an example of where cancel culture can go too far. And I completely, I completely sympathize with that because it's like every human being is going to make a mistake. So if you're going to say that, you know, when Denzel Rogers goes to the top with the Bronx Bias podcast and you're going to go find old Facebook posts that I made when I was 16 years old, then nobody is safe and nobody can, you know, try to elevate and advance their lives because 
everyone, for lack of a better term, has quote unquote skeletons in their closet, whether it's just bad mm-hmm. jokes or, you know, going along with a trend that was popular at the time that we realize isn't. And there's just a very slippery slope in what we deem as insensitive, what we deem as, you know, maybe uh, uh, racist or what we deem mm-hmm. as anti, you know, uh, against any sexual orientation or any marginalized group. Uh, as long as the person has willingly made amends for that issue or the statute of limitations has passed, then mm-hmm. it should not be as big of a deal as it seems to be currently. Correct. Correct. It, sh- it shouldn't be unless you're like hiding some sort of open secret that's right. damaging to like the community or children or something right. like that. Then my, yeah, like you said, with Kev- the whole Kevin Hart deal and, you know, could you imagine if George Carlin were alive and he had a hiatus and then people said hey this joke in 1996 and he's coming back to do this or be honored for a lifetime achievement you know how many kennedy center type honors that man already has before he had before he passed the bucket you know kick the bucket excuse my language you know come on but like like you said if if you have a pattern from a certain point that you're still doing it that's one thing you can but if it's like something 30 years and there's a gap come on like right. you could really seriously ruin someone like that. And it's just not worth it. That's right. I agree. Our Kelly's we get rid of Kevin Hart's we accept. That's, that's just as easy Kevin as Hart's, I could... We allow them to redeem themselves yeah. until, until seen further. Correct. Right. You know, it's just, it's not, it shouldn't be an umbrella approach to everyone who may have made a mistake at one point in their life or the other. And, and I that, agree with that. Like that you, people make mistakes. That's going to happen. We're human beings. And you just tippy, you just piggybacked on something else. You said blanket umbrellas. Indivi- I always feel individually how you want to refer yourself, that's fine. If you want to put an X at the end of Latin individually, that's you. Do you, individual. But when you put it as a blanket, it's not going to fit everybody. Whether you're LGBTQ, whether you're cisgender, it's just not going to fit. And there's a lot of, I've seen pushback from people who are LGBTQ don't know like the X at the end of Latin. They just don't. They think it. They think they don't think too highly of it, but they get labeled a certain way as, oh, you're against this. You're bigoted. You're this. That's the rush to judgment and the canceling. And it's like you're not taking time to understand. I get the nuances of things. It's, it's an individual thing. But once you want to put it under one umbrella, it gets problematic. And, you know, in cannabis, you can't put everything under an umbrella. We, if you look at the mic, uh, 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 an organization such as like Normal. Not everybody's a liberal, not everybody's a conservative, not everybody's a libertarian, not everybody's an independent voter, but we're all in the same lobby. There are Republicans, there are Democrats, there are progressives, there are people who don't believe in vaccinations, there are people that do. So it's a mixed lobby. So you can't do everything as a blanket with everything. That's just the one thing that I want to stress with everything. And I know it's hard to cater to everybody individually. That's not easy, but you can't always do a thing with a blanket. You just can't. It's just not gonna, you got to go into nuance and minutia a little bit. Straight up, straight, just like that. Straight, just like that. No two people on this planet are the same. No. And my last question for you, Daniel, from the listeners is, and this question will get you into trouble because I've answered it myself and I've had a lot of angry messages. What are your top 
five albums. <laughs> wow. Oh, tread man. carefully. Tread carefully. The listeners, they, when, oh, when you disagree Listen. with them on music, it's like they turn into an angry mom. I know. I'm in my 40s, too, and I could be a bit of a snob because there's some, <laughs> there's some things I don't like saying new because nothing's really new. You know, you right. hear about these things underground or, or mm-hmm. you know, what, how are you, however the case may be. Um, yeah. So uh, I, there's some things like from this generation that I don't really listen to. I go with more what I'm used to, but I do try to stay current. So that way I'm not lost. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the Latin market, there's some really dope albums and artists. Um, so I'm going to go with my, one of my top favorite is, from one of the bands I've covered, I'm going to be biased because I used to cover musicians. Um, I'll go with Making Movies, a la Deriva. Deriva. I'm going to make sure I get you that one, a la Deriva. Um, that's one of my favorite albums. Um, they're Spanish rock. They're based from Kansas City. Uh, born in, uh, two brothers are born in Panama. Two other two brothers are born in um, Mexico, but one recently when uh stopped drumming and they got a different drummer um duncan shout out to duncan who's the drummer for making movies shout out to enrique uh diego and juan carlos uh very talented gifted musicians they're dedicated in their craft in kansas city and wherever they go they will travel and play wherever so that is one album that i can definitely listen to back and forth that's an old school reference because no one really listens to back and forth albums because they're not <laughs> done that way. But they're really, they're, they're to me like album oriented Latin rock. And, you know, they, they'll play just about anywhere and anything. They're, they're, they're dope people. So that's, I'm putting them in some really good categories. Um, number four, I'm probably going to get a lot of, uh, you know, I don't care if I get a lot of crap. I'm going to put Gangstar's Daily Operation in there. You get crap for that, Guru and Premier. I know, but you know, because I'm not, they're not from the Bronx, so someone may try to say, "Why don't you put a Bronx rapper in there?" Uh-huh. You know, listen, I love I love covering Primo a little bit. Um, I covered Pete Rock a bit as well. Mm-hmm. Shout out to both. Um, Pete's always been dope to me. Um, but yeah, that's one album I cannot live without. It is one album that that's that album hip-hop album especially some of the tracks where like you know you know talk about undermine me backstab me mm-hmm. now the rain is gone you know it's one of those albums that deals with a lot of joy revenge a lot of little things because this you know it's it, it, it takes me back to a place you know when i was like 14 you know <laughs> so yeah listening to uncle watching uncle ralph and listening so yeah that's that's definitely daily operation. I cannot live without number three. Oh my God. God. Um, I'm going with Eddie Palmieri live from university of PR because I have okay. that album on vinyl. All right. And that album is, you know, a recording of a concert in 1980 mm-hmm. and it has to do with a lot of political themes. Mm. And, you know, Puerto Rico has a lot of, listen, everyone, we have a lot of political themes, but we all know Puerto Rico's had a hell of a situation for 500 years. Yes. Ongoing. We are 500 years a colony and a lot of us don't like it. So that album always reminds me of the struggle. I, you know, I hate to say the cliche term La Lucha, <laughs> but that's what it reminds me of. And 
every time I hear that crackle and pop and, you know, the horns and, you know, the vinyl and everything, it's just like, oh man, it takes me back to Manor Avenue as a toddler. I swear to God, it does. It, it's one of those albums that it, it, it has, again, joy, pain, struggle, you know, it has it all. It has it all in that. So that's one of my favorite, one of my favorites, number three. Number two. Two. Okay. Sorry, people. I try to be even. And I'm from the Bronx. I'm not dissing any Bronx rappers. Unfortunately, this is, they're, not, they're not on here. You want to question me on that? There's a post office on 149th and Concourse. I'll be there at three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> all facetious this aside. But yeah, number two, I got to go with, ay Dios mio, um, Metallica's one album. Oh, no, and Justice for All, excuse me, and Justice for All, which has the tracks that made me and kept me a fan all these years, which is one, which is the first book, first song that made me go out and read a book, Johnny Get Your Gun, which is, wow. the, which is, which is turned into a movie with Jason Robards in 1971. It's about the World War One, but it's a lot detailed to it. Um, I actually got my, my eldest nephew, when he was into Call of Duty, he lives out in Oklahoma City. I got him a copy of that because I was like concerned you're playing too much Call of Duty. I don't want you to think war is all that great. Even veterans right. will tell you war is not all that cracked up to me. Right. Um, but yeah, so that that album, again, front to back, top to bottom. I mean, I mean, <laughs> there's there's not a track that I don't like from that that album. That that was, you know, I found that at a time came across at a time. I was a fan and it made me a fan. But it's a time that I just also discovered Living Color, you know, which is one of my top five favorite bands of all time. If you said bands, they would be up here. We're talking albums. Um, but, you know, I discovered those in 89, sixth grade, you know. Gosh, those, those are such memories, you know, uh, good ones, you know, of eating candy and watching MTV when you're not supposed, supposedly not supposed to on All Saints Day. But yeah, Metallica's and Justice for All is, I like it. I love the Black Album, but I like it out of all all their albums. It's my favorite. It's my go-to of Metallica. Number one. The one. The one. The one that got me, that still to this day makes me feel like a 15-year-old, uh, not even 15-year-old, teenage boy. Uh, when I listen to it um, to today, I can still listen to it top to bottom. I know where it was when Kurt Cobain passed away, unfortunately, what I was doing. Um, but yeah, Nevermind is always going to be my top album of all time, all, all time, all time. There's no way I can, there is not a month that I can't go without listening to that record. And when I listen to that record, I make sure that I'm listening to it and listening to it for the extra track, which is Endless Nameless. A lot of people don't know that 50,000 copies were pressed with that track by accident. On, I think some on vinyl too, if you could find it, if you're lucky enough. Um, uh, one time when I was going, when I was attending SUNY Onianza, I would go to the mall with one of my buddies, Jake Lossinger, uh, after we would smoke <laughs> and go and, you know, go to Wendy's. So we go there, we go to the mall and we go find, you know, CDs that were like on mega sale, you know, that were opened already. And, yep. you know, you know how that, that deal goes. So we got him, he got a copy of Nevermind. And I looked at him, I was like, I kept looking at it and I looked at the, the CD and I look, it's weird because I try to look at how far it was pressed. Like you could tell, like, how it's pressed, like how much information, like the, the thick, you know, how wide the band is or whatever, when you turn it up, I was like, this looks a little weird. Maybe it's got, and they're like, I'm, if you, I, I told them, if you play this and you have the extra track, you 
son of a bitch. I swear <laughs> to God. I'm going to kill you. I love you, but I'm going to kill you. Because you've got to collect this item. Do not get rid of it. Do right. not get rid of it. I don't know how much of a collector's item it is, but do not get rid of it. And lo and behold, we were in his basement apartment. And we were, you know, you know, having a session. And we were listening to that record, you know, after all the other records we were listening to. And then it got quiet. And then six minutes in, you hear, I'm like, you mother effer. I looked at him like, you got it. You like you, you, you needle in the haystack and he got it, you know? So yeah, that, it brings me back so much memories. I mean, all those kind of records, you know, I grew up, I always say my generation grew up kind of spoiled pop culture wise, you know, our parents force fed us dually. Um, I was force fed, you know, finding out all stars while I was, got gorging on mtv as well mm -hmm. so we had it from all angles so that's why my generation i call ourselves late gen xers we're like gen xers towards 1978 ish mm -hmm. not zennials i don't like that term but it, we we well, i always say that we're kind of snobbish and like looked down upon because we were so spoiled in terms of pop culture from syndication stuff from you know cartoons from comics to everything and we as minorities we consume the lion's share of this and i will tell you this and it relates to cannabis and it relates to a lot of other things we need to find a way or keep ourselves to find a way that a lot of us get a say in that purchasing power and how it's directed mm. if we're buying all this mm. marvel we got to have a say, not so much in, uh, we can have a say in what Marvel, how we, the content is and what we consume, but also create our, help continue to create our own stuff. You mm. know what I mean? So those are, those are things where, where it comes to that place, you know, but yeah, never mind is oof, that's, I mean, I can go into it. I, I'm one of those nerds that read the liner notes of, of, of album covers, like my baseball card. So there's a lot, there's a lot of that. It brings back so many, like, you know, high school and college, you know, especially when I was at Lehman and I used to uh, go into the radio station and play my little stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on, that's great. Carry a current. Wow. Yeah, man. So those are my top fives, man. Those are my top fives. If you, if the listeners is mad at you, direct all DMs to Mr. Daniel Rivera because he <laughs> will be able to handle it. My last question for you today, and I really have appreciated this conversation very much. But my Likewise. last question for you today is, what is one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with today as a piece of advice, a life jewel, or just something very, very important that you would like to express as we tie a bow around this wonderful conversation that we have had today? Uh, the quote of, hopefully I get this right, hard work outworks talent when talent doesn't want to work hard. Mm. Talk about you know, it. I, I, I say this because when I was at the normal awards, the normal formal two years ago, Keith Stroop had spoken. And in the message, he said he had seen some people that believe their own hype mm -hmm. about the business. You know, you can have all the talent in the world. And there's a lot of talented people in a lot of businesses, and especially ours. But if you're not working hard at, the craft respecting the craft respecting the industry respecting the community it's not going to work out for you you will be a flash in the pan 
what I want people to do, and it's something that's obviously a lot of things are easier said than done, but what I pride myself on is hard work. I may be talented in certain areas or deficient in others, but I make up for it with whatever guile and hard work. I want people to make sure that they're working to the point where working to the point that they with this that they're the embodiment of hard work and talent meeting each other. It was really great to have you. I really appreciate you coming on. And I would love for you to reiterate your name and reiterate all of the places the people can find you so they don't forget you. Okay. Uh, thank you for having me on again. Once again, Denzel, um, I look forward to being on again. And I will be back at some point soon, uh, sooner than later, probably, how this thing goes. So you can find me, Daniel Rivera, um, on any of my platforms, Daniel Rivera TV, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, also on LinkedIn as well, if you want to do and keep it professional on LinkedIn, we're not getting snarky on that. That's not a snark. <laughs> I've seen some snark on LinkedIn. Not cool. Not cool to be snark on LinkedIn. I, it's supposed to be a professional platform. No need for snark on that. You have other, all of the platforms for snark. Um, also, you could find me on Blue Hope Media. I run that site, that um, platform as well via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, we are a production company that also helps uh, works in junction with a platform called BuzzFeed, where we feed different products, whether it's your latest bong, your latest uh, the latest invention from Stone Glass, or you know it could be a handcrafted item from the Bronx. I've done that. Those I submitted those products for exposure. It's free to you, free to me. It's a platform that we're building on, so that way, you know, we can do some things. If you get my drift, um, right? And it's a really good platform. Um, that's how I met. If you see any pictures of me um, with, with, a, with a certain Chrome bong, that's where I got that from because chill, chill bong was one of those places getting chill. But you could find me on that, on, on Blue Hope Media. Uh, you can also on Instagram and Twitter, Bronx Normal. Uh, you can get me on there. Uh, you can get us uh, any information. If I don't have it there, it'll be on my Daniel Rivera TV and vice versa and the link tree. And click the link in the bios. Um, and I look forward to being a part of this conversation and keep it going, man. I mean, listen, we, we, we got to keep these things, keep these things rolling. That's right, man. That's right. And I really, really appreciate you coming and just giving out all that great stuff, man. I think that we learned a lot today. I know I did. And I really appreciate when I can bring the guests on and they just let it go. They no holds barred. And they really, <clears throat> they really give out all the great stuff that they know and they want to give it out to everyone else who just happens to turn into listen so i really appreciate that and yes. lastly it is tradition on the bronx bias podcast that we allow our guest to choose a song that we fade out our podcast with so the honor is yours what song would you love to play for the good people out there the song that will be outroed so that people do not give up their hope in this business is a classic. And it's one of my top five hit from one of my top five, uh, hip hop acts of all time. The legendary Gotti Frescos, my dudes who I love so much in terms of like what they do with their product, what they do with their music. Um, the great Cypress Hill, you know, those horns you hear from the Buddha monks, uh, for I want to get high. That is definitely a classic. 
I grew yes. up on classic material. Yes, so that indeed. is definitely the in- outro. I uh, want wish you guys the best vibes as you listen to this song. Make sure you're dedicated to your craft. Make sure you keep pushing and persevering. And just to let you know, as much as this is what this song is, there's more to this thing with the cannabis than getting high and smoking it. That's right. That is 100% correct. A great song choice. I really appreciate the conversation that we had today. And I wish you nothing but the best. I wish you nothing but love. And I wish you nothing but success in all of your future endeavors. Thank you so much, Daniel, for gracing our show today with your presence. Likewise, my brother. Round of applause for my guy, Daniel Rivera. Round of applause. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 91 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. I want to say special, special, special thank you to Daniel Rivera of Bronx Normal and Blue Hope Media for coming on the show today and gracing us with his presence and giving out all the great information that he did. I really appreciated the conversation that we were able to have. Thank you to everyone out there who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, and who shares and supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase. You can visit the website bronxbiaspod.myshopify.com. Come check it out. I'm an independent potter from the BXNY, so all the support on the merch is very, very important to the life of the show. And I sincerely appreciate every single person who has purchased some merchandise from me. And I encourage everyone out there to go check out the site and possibly purchase some things from your boy. Finally, we're going to fade you guys out today with a great, great song, which is my guy Daniel Rivera's choice. And it is called I Want to Get High by Cypress Hill off of the album Black Sunday. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 91. Have a great week. Have a great weekend out there. Be safe. And I'll speak to you guys next week. We are out. Yes, I smoke shit straight off the roach cliff. I roach shit for the planet once.
you approach it Forward motion, make us swine like the ocean The herb is more than just a powerful potion What's the commotion, yo? I'm not joking around People learning about what they smoking My oven's on high when I roast the quail Tell Bill Clinton to go and inhale Exhale, now you feel the funk of the time When I feel the effects, I want to get high